Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome to Ask the Expert North Texas. Thanks for staying with us. I'm David Rankin. Kristen has the day off. We've heard about the great resignation and how many people kind of had control over whether or not they were going to take certain jobs or not and how long they would stay in a job that they might not necessarily like. Now there's something else that's going on right now that's called quiet quitting. To explain this, we turn to Dr. Stephen Haynes from UT Dallas. He is in the KRLD Zoom room. Dr. Haynes, thank you so much for the time. Thank you for letting me help, uh, be here today. And let's talk about this. What exactly is quiet quitting? Yeah, quiet quitting um, is this phenomenon that kind of took off with TikTok, um, but it's not really a new phenomenon. It's been around. Quiet quitting is really the um, active withdrawal of work that hasn't normally been associated with the role, but maybe it was the other duties as a sign for so long. Um, as uh, employers have been, um, you know, looking to, to become more productive, one of the things that's happened is many times people have been taking on extra responsibilities. And now people are saying, hey, I don't want these extra responsibilities. I want to have more balance in my life. And I don't want to have to do work that's not associated with my performance, especially as it turns to um, my currency or my, my pay. How much can this be attributed to the fact that so many people had to remote work for so long? No, that's a great one because uh, this really is a work from home symptom. This is actually probably something that's here to stay because generally what's happened is people who get extra duties and assignments have been having to um, do this stuff because one, maybe they don't have anything going on and they don't look like they're being productive. And so managers would hand off assignments. But now that we're not um, in an office environment, we're working from home, uh, people are sitting here going like, I'm very efficient. Um, and hey, I just got my performance review and it says meets expectation. So why would I take on extra assignments if I can be working on something else? Again, it's the jack of all trades, master of none. So if you can do a lot of different things, your company will tend to expect you to. Absolutely. And that's one thing that we are seeing is high performers generally are always high performing. But what about the people who are maybe not the high performers who are the all stars, but they're the ones who are the backbone of getting stuff done. And now employees are sitting here going, look, I really don't want to be online all the time. I don't want to answer my emails at night or on the weekends. I really don't want to have to do something that um, really isn't producing any results that translates into my currency within the company. It, it's called quiet quitting. Is there a better descriptive term than just that? Because that sounds like a catchphrase. Yeah, quiet quitting kind of is a catchphrase. Um, I think it's redefining roles. 
Um, I think that that's really what we're saying. And that's really what employers need to start thinking about is the fact that the employee is in a position of power here because we are dealing with a workforce shortage. And, and you know, it's, it's really pertaining to the um, white collar jobs. The quiet quitting can't happen in blue collar work. I mean, you can't just be like a truck driver and say, hey, I'm going to quiet quit and then leave my truck on the side of the road, right? It's really a white collar problem. Um, and as a result of that, I think what we're looking at is employers are see- realizing that, hey, I can't continue to push and push and push because they'll just leave. But we're also talking about a pendulum at this point because there are now more companies feeling a little bit more power because we're starting to see layoffs again as inflation grows and the economy seems to be going a bit uh, down in some cases into a tank. You know, you're absolutely right. Now we're we're also as that pendulum is swinging and it's it you know has swung back and forth. We are looking at that, but that's not all sectors. Not all sectors have been able to do that. We're not at 100% efficiency. Um, and if anything, what COVID and the supply chain failures has really shown us is that it's a lot of inefficiencies. Um, as people are leaving their work or layoffs are happening, employers are having to push that work onto someone else. Eventually, someone's going to say, hey, enough's enough, and I'm going to leave. Quiet quitting may be an early warning sign of burnout, which will lead to job turnover. Well, since most of this has come through TikTok, you have to assume that it's more of the younger generation because those are the people that typically are on TikTok. Are older workers doing this as well? Yeah, you know, that's probably the thing that we really need to address. It's not just millennial and Gen Zers. It is actually probably just as much in baby boomers. They're just not as active about it. There's that social activism isn't associated with that generation, right? But what we're seeing is we're seeing people who say, hey, I've been doing this job for long enough. I'm tired of managing people. I'm going to retire and then come back and work for you part time in a contract role, making good money without the actual people management requirement anymore. And as people tend to stick to their duties, do then companies have to bring in more people to take on that extra burden of what they used to do? You know, what we're seeing is a lot of consolidation of roles. We're seeing a lot more people who are leaving. And because of maybe hiring freezes or maybe because they can't find a qualified workforce, they're saying, hey, let's just divvy up this role assignment and have this person do this, right? Um, This is a little bit problematic because you can only push work onto others for so long before burnout will ensue, right? Um, The real question is this. Do we continue to stay with the same job descriptions we've been using for the last 20, 30, 40 years? Or do we say, hey, maybe we need to start reevaluating what work should look like. And maybe it's more project and performance based than it is about a job description. Maybe we say, hey, I need someone to run this project for this time. Could something as simple as giving workers a three-day weekend and working four days a week, you know, the whole concept of a three-day weekend. Could that help with this? You know, that is a really good question. And, and the science, um, is it, it's coming in right now, right? I mean, the management science is coming in because Europe has moved to a model of a four-day work week. And we've known for a long time, France and Spain have used similar models. Um, it might be that the four-day work week is a possible solution. Now, the problem is, is it still has to get done. There's still, the lights still have to burn. Um, you still have customer demands to meet. And so what does a four-day work week really look like? It may be that we're, you know, moving into the weekend where people are now going, you know, I work the first four days and then I have the weekend off or you're working people on the weekend. 
it's too soon to tell. Um, I think we're going to need to continue to uh, explore this. But one thing I am seeing already is we're seeing some establishments starting to reduce hours and they're starting to creep back and say, hey, you know what? Maybe we don't need to be open to five. Maybe we can get closed at four. And that might be a readjustment to the, the work life. Does quiet quitting also come with the fact that more offices are bringing people back in and you know, saying you have to be in the office at least three days a week. You know, um, I, I actually did my dissertation on this very topic because all of a sudden when you start bringing people back in after they've been working from home for years, industry says we need you to be in the office because that's how we have control. That's how we account for what you're doing. And when we work from home, we found out, hey, we're really productive. We're really efficient, you know, and so does it really make sense for me to be in the office if I'm doing my work? But now what we're seeing is the managers, as they're trying to pull people back in, their people aren't coming. You got executives in the building, but there's no employees in the building. They're still working from home, right? And um, you can't just pull them back in, right? You can't just shock the system because the moment that a shock happens, people are going to put their arms up and say, hey, no, we're not doing that. You know, um, instead, what we're looking at in the shock in the system is, is, hey, I don't have childcare anymore. I no longer have, um, if you look at COVID, the number one, one of the number one entities that went down were childcare facilities. Bankruptcy happened. So where are you going to, uh, you know, if I come in, I got no one to watch my kid, you know, and there's other examples of people with elderly parents living with them or, or whatever. So all of a sudden we have to sit here and go, okay, yeah, I'm going to need you to come in the office, but let's define the hours you're going to be there, right? And that's what we should do. Instead of saying days, let's define the hours. You're going to be there from 8 to 12, Monday through Thursday. All right. You know, and then I expect something else on the back end. Article in Forbes came out yesterday talking about this very issue, but they're looking at it from the other side. They're saying that there are companies that are looking at quiet firing of people. Yes, there is. And um, I know the article that you're talking about, it popped up on my uh, news feed um, as I uh, often read that. And yes, that is something that we are going to see. Companies are looking to offload um you know, liabilities. And let's face it, one of your biggest liabilities is payroll. Um, so this quiet quitting is, yeah, maybe we don't need to do this. Maybe we need, maybe we don't need this role. And this is where the role of automation comes in. This is where the idea of machine learning comes in. Um, as we saw in COVID is a lot of people started becoming more efficient, but so did industries. They turned on the switch on the technology side and they said, hey, you know what? We can write a program that can do a lot of this stuff, but we're not there yet. Automation cannot replace some industries and machine learning is still kind of, even though it's been around for, you know, better part of, you know, I think machine learning has been around for 30 years, but really, it's really explored and it gained traction in the last decade. We're not able to just put our full trust in that yet. Quiet quitting, the whole voice of quiet quitting has gotten very loud lately. And if it's quiet, it stays quiet. Once the wave dies down, do people go back to actually doing it quietly? You know, um, that's a really good uh, point because it's always been there, right? I mean, let's face it, it's, we would call us slackers, you know, like 10, 20 years ago, we say this is slack division, right? Um, but I think what we're really seeing is as we don't know our colleagues as well anymore, we're not necessarily feeling the pressure to actually perform for them um, because that's really why 
this stuff really comes around, right? Is because you see there's a heavy workload and you start picking up someone else's workload to help. If you don't know your colleagues, then you don't really feel any remorse about them having to work harder, which is part of the problem, right? And this is one reason why we're seeing more companies say, hey, let's have a retreat. Let's bring people back in the office once a month for a get together. Let's have happy hour this week. You know, we're trying to look at opportunities for people to get to know their colleagues again. That also works if you're in a company where if you're not in the company, the bosses don't see you. They don't have an investment in you as a person and trying to find a reason to keep you in your job. Absolutely. Absolutely. If they're if they're not necessarily investing in you, why would you invest in them? Right. It's, it's a reciprocal relationship. And I think that that's one thing that we're looking at when we're talking about this workforce, especially with the introduction of Gen Zers and the millennials have been in there. And, and really, are, the millennials are now moving up in the workforce. If we start seeing there's more opportunity as people are retiring and things of that nature. But the fact is, the one question that still circulates back and forth between the generations is, is what I'm doing contributing to the bottom line and do I get satisfaction out of it? You know, that's one thing that we have to look at. Dr. Stephen Haynes is the Director of Risk Management at the Naveen Jindal School of Management at UT Dallas. Dr. Haynes, thank you so much for the time. Thank you for letting me be here. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 